Welcome to the Relevant Faith Journey Podcast. My name is Sharon. I'm so glad that you took just a few minutes out of your day to join me and to listen. I love to think deep thoughts and tell stories about the faith journey. The goal is that together we might learn to be better humans. This episode is titled Making the Change, Part 3, Finding Home. I was born in 1981. My parents transplanted from Red Dirt, Oklahoma to sunny California in the middle of the hippie movement. By the time I came along, they had been ministering to street people for more than a decade. Children of the wealthy had shaken off materialism and ended up living on the streets of Santa Cruz. The church my dad pastored ran a mission seven days a week. You could eat a good meal and hear my dad preach most nights. A couple in the church had purchased an old hotel that they converted into transitional living. It was called the Shepherd's Fold. In my early years, we were what they call Bible missionaries. During the 1950s, there was a group that thought the Church of the Nazarene was far too worldly. Society was headed to hell, and they believed that holiness people needed to, quote-unquote, hold the line. They held that women should only wear dresses and never cut their hair or wear makeup. TV watching was strictly forbidden. Technically, we didn't have a TV, except my dad would rent a reel-to-reel projector from the library so we could skirt the rules and watch movies in the basement. We were rebels for sure. In 1985, we relocated to eastern Washington. A couple years later, the church was in upheaval. Restrictions proliferated. After all, playing cards were the devil's toys and bowling was a drinking game. You know, more worldliness, more holding the line, whatever that means. This time, the main points of disagreement were computer screens and whether men should be allowed to grow facial hair. My dad felt like this was a bridge too far. And, side note, he already owned a computer. And so my parents made the very difficult decision to leave the church. They left behind what they thought would be lifelong friendships, naively thinking those relationships would still hold. They quickly learned they were no longer welcome. You're either in or you're out. And we were most definitely out which was odd because the reel-to-reel projector was a fairly well-kept secret. I asked my dad how he made such a difficult decision. Here's what he said. When we moved to Santa Cruz, California, to pastor a church full of uh, kids converted off the street, we would have visiting preachers come and preach things like women should wear nylon hose or... uh, No smoking, no drinking, no short sleeves, uh, women not wearing slacks, so on and so on. And they would ask me, where do you find that in the Bible? And I was too honest to tell them, bless God, that's the good old-fashioned way, uh, or berate them for questioning church doctrine. And as I began to search why we taught that, I came to the conclusion that most of our convictions were based on 1920s American culture and not on the Bible. And that started the process. I saw too many people leave the church over stuff that wasn't really in the Bible. And I feared that I would lose my own children. I could have put up with it for myself. These hippie street people whose lives were so dramatically changed by the good news of Jesus Christ often became disillusioned with a faith practice that didn't ring true to its namesake. At 40 years old, about the same age as I am now, my dad left the only profession he'd ever known. Ever tried to get a job when the only thing on your resume is pastor? My dad described these as very dark days. He had a moment of despair, realizing that his life insurance policy meant he was worth more to his family if he were dead. 
I asked him, what was the most difficult thing about making such a life-changing transition? Surprisingly, it wasn't finding a new profession. He said, We felt so alone. There was a camaraderie like a cult that it's us against the whole world. And we were part of that close-knit group. And I think that's one of the things that makes cults uh, so attractive. I was like six or seven years old. I had no idea what my parents were going through. I remember sleeping on a pull-out bed, sharing a room with my grandma. I always smelled like old lady. My brothers Sam and Tom shared a room, and Joe slept on the living room floor until he got married and moved out. My dad's former associate pastor and his family of three lived in a travel trailer in our backyard. We were 10 people sharing a three-bedroom house with a backyard trailer in northeast Portland, Oregon. When we lived in that little house, we also bought a TV for the first time. It was black and white with a dial tuner. But my dad soon got rid of it because we enjoyed it too much. He said everyone was glued to the thing and we couldn't get anything done. He probably gave it back to the same goodwill he got it from. My mom, who had almost no work experience, found a job first. She took insurance claims for Allstate Insurance. That's also when we started wearing seatbelts for the first time. She was great at her job. I mean, seriously, who would want to talk to my mom? She's so kind. I always call her when I'm in crisis. My dad eventually got a job too. He started working as a bookkeeper for a cabinet factory. Over time, the owner realized that my dad's experience as a pastor meant he could do all the things. Soon my dad pretty much ran the place. And with that, my family began the long process of transition. Change happened all at once. But finding our way through the other side took years. Heck, I was seven and sometimes I feel like I'm still recovering. I asked my dad, can you remember when you felt okay after the transition? What did that look like? It was a long time and very gradual that we made the journey from a cult-like mentality to normal, middle-of-the-road Christianity. The further I got, the more I saw how bad it was. I'd accepted so much for so long that it took a process to get over it. I've been thinking a lot about change and transitions lately. There's so many words to describe this place that many of us find ourselves in. Disoriented, exciting, unpredictable, risky, hopeful. I hadn't thought about it being lonely. In the process of going from where you are to where you need to be, sometimes there are places, things, and people that have to be left behind. The struggle of transition in and of itself can feel isolating. I keep trying to write some advice on transition, but I just can't quite do it. My intuition tells me that you already know what you need to do. Like, pick up the phone and call somebody already. Reconnect with your vision. Be courageous. Set a goal. Okay, maybe that was a little bit of advice giving. But here's where I really am. This week I was going through old audio files and found a song that I forgot that I had written, apparently when I was 26. I had just graduated from seminary. I was exhausted and burned out from working two jobs and going to graduate school full-time. I wasn't sure what to do next, whether I should stay or go. I rediscovered these words to this chorus. They keep ringing in my ears over and over again. Hey Sharon, it's God. Just want to say that I love you. On this journey, never forget that I'll go with you. Make your home in me. Also, my 26-year-old self would like to remind you that God hasn't left you, and you are never alone. 
places, so many faces, and I'm out here determined to change the world. West coast, east coast, ellos me aman nomada. They welcome me, still thinking, why girl, what you doing, trying to change the world one day. One song, one word, one love at a time. Sunrises, sunsets, they all look the same. Hellos and goodbyes all sound like the same words to me. Looking for someone, wondering if someone might be looking for me. Hey Sharon, it's God. Just wanna say I love you. On this journey, never forget that I go with you. This is a story of a little girl and the love of a great big God. You will cry and you might get lonely, but I need someone to change the world. Peace, love, and all the words that they have heard before. Young ambition and foolish youth Don't be discouraged Stop and smell the sunshine Let them know I've never left them Never be alone Sunrises, sunsets They all look the same Same words to me. Looking for someone, wondering if someone might be looking for me. Hey, Sharon, it's God. Just wanna say I love you. On this journey, never forget that I go with you.
testify, testify. Testify, hallelujah. Sun rises, sunsets, they all look the same. Hellos and goodbyes all sound like the same words to me. Looking for someone, wondering if someone might be looking for me. Hey Sharon, it's God. Just wanna say I love you. And on this journey, never forget that I go with you. 